Welcome to Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness with your hosts Chris Noble and Bill Protzman. In today's episode, we celebrate Halloween and Dia de los Muertos with a deeper awareness of fear, what it is, how it works on us, and how we can use that for positive purposes. There's so much misunderstanding and judgment around fear. We felt you might appreciate our perspective as performers, so we show you how to play with it before you meet it in real life. Oh, and don't miss the short guided musical meditation at the close of the episode. We'll be talking about all that and much, much more, as always, in these open conversations here on Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness. interesting things that have come up in the course of our last two podcasts, ending them with a meditation. And then we talked about something a few times, but we have never talked about it specifically. And hey, happy Halloween. Oh, yes, of course. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I thought maybe we ought to talk about um, fear, like Mm. specifically, and how to keep from spinning beyond the fear. Like fear and music is a good thing. You're scary. You're scared and then it goes away, right? But oftentimes we get afraid of the fear, yeah. which is like the second level of crazy. <laughs> and then we start to worry about being afraid of the fear, which is a third level of crazy. And it just like, it mushrooms. It's like exponentially mushrooming. So <laughs> like helping to put our feet on the ground with fear is probably, I think, a decent topic, right? Fantastic topic. Yeah. It, I mean, let's do it on the, the day where the veil is the thinnest from the material world and the non-material world. Exactly. That's that's another cool thing about Halloween is it's like the, it's the it's the day in which you are the closest to the spirit realm. Yeah, I think the frequency is just that much more um, light. So there's sometimes and things that will drift in and out of that dimension. Yes, yes, it, we're there's no mistaking the Day of the Dead, right? Right. Dia de los Muertos, which happens tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's all messed up because people celebrate these things now on the weekends instead of on the actual day. Right. But that, you know, that it is like where things are more permeable. <laughs> right. I do like that, but it's, it's true. It's like, um, it's, it's a really interesting, that holiday, the day of the dead. I mean, that's I what I like about one of the many things I like about that with a lot of cultures is that they don't fear death. Yeah. And I think when you, when you, when, it, when it's anything that is clouded in fear, it's usually because it's reinforced, you know, it's like, what do you, what, what, what is fear at the end of the day? It's what it's the unknown probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's what fear is. I mean, there's, there's reasonable, uh, I hate to use words that describe it. There's like, there's a reason we should be anxious about the unknown. Of course. Right. I mean, that's normal. <laughs> it's, it's healthy. It's actually, it keeps you alive. You know, like I think that's the thing with fear is that it's also something that isn't necessarily like any emotion that's quote unquote negative anger, you know, guilt or whatever it is. Yeah. They're, they're there for a reason, you know, it's not to just dismiss them completely. You just don't want them running your life. And with fear, it's really that there's a really good, healthy aspect of fear. Fear keeps you alive if you're out hiking and doing physical sports. And it's that extra little bit of like, oh, maybe I just won't go over to that ledge there. And 
versus <laughs> take a feet. selfie on the edge of this cliff. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to dangle right off because I have no fear. Yeah. You know, you quickly would realize that that is a really bad, that's a recipe for actually like people just dying so young, probably, you know, it, you actually kind of look at it. You're like, Oh wow. Fear is really, that's a really important emotion. So when you give it the respect of like, okay, I, I got you. Like I see why you're there. And then you move the, okay, but let's also, you know, balance it with, for example, like you're, you're mentioning performing, right. As a musician, that fear before every show, I always have that fear before every single solitary performance ever. I think there's some, there's some element of it and that's good, you know, because that keeps you more on your toes and it makes sure that you um, really bring your A game and that you do all of these things that ultimately lead to a good performance. So fear in a way is good. It's that healthy little dose of it. So it's, um, it's, it's good to acknowledge like the positives of the emotion, as well as the ways that we want to move through the really troubling and challenging parts. At a really deep level, uh, this is excellent work to do, but it won't work if you say that you're fearless. Like I have no fear. Well, chemically you do. I mean, things are going to trigger your brain chemistry to have a fear uh, chemical wash. I'm going to try to keep it really simple here, right? <laughs> so fear chemical wash is good. Keeps you away from the scary stuff, right? Things you shouldn't be doing, like running directly into the fire. you know. So that's a good thing. But when you get to the place, like you were talking about, maybe obsessing over fear, mm-hmm. it's beyond fear. Fear is no longer in your system. At that point, it's come and gone. It's fast. you know. It's one of those triggers that we get, bam, and then the, everything comes back to stasis. So hanging on to that, not so great to be called fearless, but on the other side of the spectrum. So at the other end of that, there are people who refuse to feel fear. Also a problem, right? Because your body is going to feel it. And if you are denying yourself that obvious physical response that you've had to something that scares you, uh, that's a problem too, (laughs) right? Because there's a lot of information that you need that you're going to be um, unable to have access to. You will have trained yourself to not pay attention to that stuff. And that's really bad. <laughs> I mean, the, and the middle place. So the middle place mm-hmm. is when you learn how to be afraid and do it anyway. Exactly. That's, I think that's the key, Bill, is like, it's, it's being like, okay, I see you. Like, I know you're there. And instead of shying away, I remember uh, I was just recently rereading a, my, one of my favorite fantasy trilogies, His Dark Materials. It's with the book, The Golden Compass and Subtle Knife and all that. Um, and there's a character in it, Eirik Byronson. He's this, uh, the king of the bears. And he appears to be fearless. And, you know, he talks to the main character at a point, Lyra, and, and he tells her that, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm not fearless. I have fear. I just learned to master my fear. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I incorporate it. I use it as a part of his strength it becomes a strength you know like you know it's there and you just kind of go okay i acknowledge it and then you proceed to do what it is that you still want to do because that's that's the big thing is that you don't want it to hold you back from doing things that you ultimately know you want to do but they kind of freak you out like a lot of people again i know it's quite common for anyone who's not a musician that the idea of even just singing at at, at anything in public like karaoke oh my gosh yeah you tell me about it you know they're terrifying (laughs) yeah Right? Hard to get people to come out for that stuff. Oh, there's so much yeah. fear. There's so much fear there. And that's a good example of, I would say, um, maybe too much of the fear holding you back because the second, you know, people like you and me who can, you're pretty decent at coaxing people, you know, like, you're like, okay, like, 
just slowly like massage the crowd and then eventually you know they get oh okay and then by the end like they're all singing and you can yeah. see the joy you know in their face at the end of it all and your 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 thought uh, my thought sometimes is well isn't that a great example of if you didn't if you if you mastered the fear and if you were able to sing from the beginning you would have had a whole whole hour of that experience or you know what i mean just to you don't want it to hold 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 you back from living life to the fullest yeah. extent you can live it you know I like that fear is a component of that. And I'd feel like I was missing something if I wasn't a little bit, you know, if, if the butterflies weren't circling before I walked on stage, you know, I'd feel like I'd done something. It, it would be too rote to be authentic, maybe, you know? And oh, yeah. so how, how is it? So here's the real question on all this. So how do we use music to become more of a friend to our fear so that when we encounter it in real life, um, we have some, we're familiar with it. We know how it feels, right? We know how to use it. We know it's not permanent and all of that. So how do we do that skillfully with music? Which I think is a great opening because, I mean, there's a lot of scary music out there. Oh, well, you know what? There's scary music, absolutely. I mean, I heard uh, someone blaring Thriller, uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller yeah, in the car, yeah. of course. I mean, that's a that's an absolute uh, classic Halloween song. I played that with a Halloween band or Halloween cover band last year. It was a, it was a real blast. Great bass line. In it. But, uh, you know, that's like a great version of quote unquote scary because they have, well, it's not really scary, but, you know, it's it's got the whole Halloween theme going, zombies and all yeah. that stuff. That's always so much fun. And then on the flip side, you know, I would say I, I you gave me the thought, Bill, of like, you know, ma becoming friends with fear. And, you know, today I just moved out of my apartment today and I'm going back to my um, my hometown back in Ontario for about a month and then maybe Mexico. And I'm not sure what's really happening. And I could feel that part of the fear of that unknown, right? Today being like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, where, where are you really going right now? And I'm like, but ah, you're like that's totally normal. Right? I mean, you're not an adrenaline junkie in that sense. No, you know? no. I mean, that's, and that's like, again, a good example of normal fear, but it, you know, if I had let it take hold of me, I just wouldn't have left the apartment. I would have kept my apartment. I would have stayed yeah. here. That would have been the easy way to, you know, not to, to play it safe. And I knew that I, that wasn't the right move, but it still scared me to do it. So I knew that that fear, when I could feel that I was like, okay, this is actually a really good sign. Cause it means I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And I've done this enough now in my life where I know every time I feel that, and then I push through it, and get to the other side it's always very rewarding whatever that situation is so that's a good it's a good way to start to become friends with fear and you use it as a like a barometer or a kind yeah. of like an alarm or like a oh an indicator of okay this seems like this kind because then there's another fear of like dude that's a terrible idea don't do that You're gonna endanger. <laughs> <It's> exactly <laughs> and, right and you want to know what that fear feels like too and that's different yeah right? So you start to kind of understand it more you know, sheer terror <laughs> you know deer in the headlights yeah i mean yeah. And it's you know, this is going to air after Halloween, but if anybody spends some time in a haunted house or likes to watch scary movies, that that thrill is so cool. I remember the first time watching Wait Until Dark and uh, it's a classic. I hadn't seen it before, right? And it was a classic when I saw it. And uh, which gives you an idea of how old I am. But there were people like jumping over the seats behind them wow. at the big moment in that movie. Literally people just jumping. There, there's no way that you can be immune, you know, eat to that, even though you see it over and over. I maybe seen it six times in my life and it still gets me right. Oh yeah. There's something about that classic, but I know it's a movie. I knew it was a movie going in still, but still a good horror film is <laughs> right. And, and I mean, we've got to be familiar with that too.
you've, you've got to know what it feels like to be that terrified or that shocked maybe because it's yeah. you know it's 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 a build up and the release is almost welcome <laughs> you know when the tension finally comes off and you oh, can yeah. scream you or jump again. over the you yeah. know so um it, it's good to play around with that but scary films aren't the only way i mean there there's we don't often think of music as being that shocking well you know if you go to an intense um you know like a heavy metal like concert or something where it's very dissonant music it's very um a very very aggressive you know and and they love to do the whole demonic satanic you know symbolism oh, yeah. lights, and, costume and lights and all that stuff i mean it gets that doesn't get it doesn't get much more kind of yeah dark and eerie and freaky than than that kind of stuff and uh those are really fun shows. I've been oh, to yeah, some, they're, and they're, they're incredible, just amazing. Is there any music that you can listen to with only the audible stimulus in your ears and get freaked out with? I said, I think we talked about this last episode, and I yeah, sent yeah. you some of that. Um, other than some soundtracks, you know, like actually the um, the soundtrack to the movie Science by M Night Shyamalan. Oh my gosh! Um, yes, uh, that composer was amazing. He's he worked with James worked Newton with Howard. Yes, James Newton Howard. Yes. Amazing. He's done some great ones, and uh, I think he can. Anyway, uh, yeah, fantastic score. The, just the strings, the way they kind of like are in dissonant, like and then they can blend yeah. together in a really creepy way. And uh, it's also a great film. But yeah, yeah that one would do it for me. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and probably soundtracks from all of the other, I'm going to say more modern uh, horror movies that are on the artsy side versus the, you know, Scream 28 kind of movies mm -hmm. <laughs> or yeah. whatever number we're on now. I, probably up there. At least. Same as Saw, you know? Yeah, and Saw, whatever. But I mean, there's scary stuff in there too. But when you're talking about the really artful tension and release of a horror film, Shyamalan really knows how to get it. You know? Yeah, his or his early ones. I mean, he his career is kind of hilarious for me. It's it it started so good and then just anyway. But his first, yeah. uh, I'd say his first four or five were, were really great. And that the signs was in that. I think it was like his fourth or something at that point. And it was and that just like he 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 did it like a Hitchcock meets you know a bit of Spielberg and then meets something more darker and more sinister than both of those. And oh, fantastic! It was creepy. You watched. Um... For Halloween, yeah, last night we watched a bunch of scary movies, and we saw Us, which is by the same filmmaker that made. I don't know, gosh, I'm blanking on this now. But his first hit film was a total hit, uh, and it was terrifying. And Us is also terrifying. I'm not going to reveal any plotline stuff here, but the thing that I noticed about Us was that the music wasn't as scary as I wanted. Mm, interesting. And. It is weird because once you start to like experience fear and you feel how that feels for yourself and you get some familiarity with it, you also know where your limits are or mm. you, you have a better sense of where your limits are. I mean, stuff is still going to scare me, right? But I was interested in the contrast between these two films, same filmmaker, different plot, different story, but I was paying attention you know, to what are they going to use here for the music? And I'm not saying the music wasn't scary. So if you're listening to this, don't get me wrong. Both films are terrifying. Hmm. But I didn't feel as much of a pop, I guess, or as much of that drawn out build up as I, as I the wanted. tension release. Yeah, yeah, the tension release. Yeah. I wanted more. And maybe it's just because I'm more evolved in terms of my experience of fear now. I, I, I don't know. 
and you know, how do you judge that? If you're making creepy music, you know, like if you're recording something or putting something together, how do you know when it's creepy enough and hasn't crossed the line, right? <laughs> it's all feeling, right? It's got to be. There's, there's really no other way to do it. That's what's, again, so awesome about music is you feel it out. You know, there's no, there's in a lot of senses, there's not a lot of logical stuff. There is, it comes into play, of course, with music, but there's mostly, it's all feeling, intuition, you know, especially with the score, you know, you're trying to literally write emotion uh, yeah, and, and yeah. that particular emotion is fear in that scene. And you're like, okay, go. Like, how do I just create, you're creating fear from melody, harmony, from nothing. dissonance, whatever, from nothing. Yeah. And that's what you're literally, um, you're communicating an emotion through music. That's really what music is. It's a language, especially in film to just be like, this is how you're supposed to feel right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fear, feel fear, yeah. fear right now, or feel love or feel, you know, excitement or whatever, right? Have you ever had any like total disconnects on that where you're watching some movie and the, the soundtrack totally left you flat or was different from the action? Oh yeah, many times, yeah. Many, and many not so great films. That's usually one of the, some of the, sometimes the first thing that jumps out, bad writing, bad music, um, bad acting, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 immediately obvious, right? When it's just not hitting the tone. On the, on the flip side of that, sometimes the juxtaposition of uh, some what would be a scary scene, and then with really like groovy, fun, jazzy music or something, right? Could you know it wouldn't evoke fear, but it would really be an interesting. It could make the scene really fun or something. I don't know, right? Well, you can set it up that way too. I mean, you could have a scene that's supposedly terrifying, or that nobody knows is going to be terrifying. Mm -hmm you know, set up with happy, bouncy music until the moment where, you know, everything changes. And that's so. interesting. You know, you can even, I've used this once and I've heard it in, in films before is that it's a happy, like a sort of a jazz, big band swing uh, song. And then all of a sudden they put effects on it and it just starts to warp it a little bit by a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. there's like reverb and it starts to go like, nah, like all distant and creepy. And then all of a sudden they, they turn the song into a creepy song just with effects. So that's, you know, again, it's all about feeling You're like, I don't know what's going to necessarily work, but you got to just, you'll know it when you feel it. <laughs> right, right. Well, and let, it, you'll know it when you feel it, if you're ready. Yeah. You know, I, I remember going to, oh, what was it? It was like Sleeping Beauty or something. I was an infant. I remember watching it in a drive-in in the car seat, right? And it was so terrifying. I mean, I was scared. <laughs> like, you don't know whether that stuff's real or not. Disney's scary as a kid. <laughs> yeah. And plus I'm a kid and it's coming through a little speaker, you know, the, the speaker used to hang over your window in the drive-in in the movie oh, theater. Awesome. So there, the sound was terrible, but none of that mattered, man. It was just terrifying. That dragon, man, I could feel the heat, <laughs> you know, it, it was that good. And um, I had some of those experiences since, but I don't have the same kind of terror in them. I think you get one shot. You, you know, know what? I, I I have something that might one up that might that might do that for you because I just thought about it too. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. great. <laughs> okay, so here you go. Here you go. So uh, you know, as a kid, right? You see the films. Why is it so so utterly scary? Like as a kid, on a level that just isn't the same when you're an adult. I think it's because it's you don't know that it's you don't really know that it's not real, especially as a kid. Like, you yeah. know what a movie is, but you it's still very new to you. And yeah. you can get very immersed in that and not really know that you're very not quick. in a film, right? Yeah. So if you if you ever do some virtual reality play, there's a couple of horror, there's specifically horror video games. 
And um, I forget the name of some of these um, other ones that are really, really creepy, but the Resident Evil series, you play any of the Resident Evil video games, they are, oh my God. Okay. I was, this is many, quite five, six years ago. I met my cousin. My cousin works in the video game industry. So he's got all the toys and um, he had his virtual reality and we were playing Resident Evil, and I had to take shots of whiskey just to get the courage to go around the corner. I was sweating. I was like, I was so scared. And I like the alcohol was the only reason I even had the, the balls to keep going, you know? Yeah. It was, and it was just, there's one scene where you could hear a baby crying in this creepy way in the bath yeah. in the bathroom. And you have to walk, but you're in virtual reality. You're fully, you have headphones on, right? You yeah. Hear, and so the headphones are a big, game changer because you're fully immersed with your eyes yeah. and your ears and you're, you're nowhere else you are in that house and it is terrifying <laughs> that game was so scary i could barely get through 20 minutes was it i couldn't do more i i can relate to that i really can there's you know there's a limit to how far you can push on your emotions mm. and like a muscle you have to develop them which is awesome because now there's a vr that lets you do the emotional work, you know, as well as the mental work of figuring stuff out and the, the, you know, point and shoot kind of stuff. Now it's, now it gets into you. Right. Right. <laughs> Much deeper. Oh yeah. Oh than it, yeah. And it ever could, which, you know, go headphones, by the way, plug for over the ears, because first of all, they sound so much better, uh, but there's a need to sort of protect our hearing too. Yeah. And um, earbuds, I noticed on the new iOS release 15, I think there's maybe it was before that, they have a sound limiter built in there. And if you go over maximum volume a lot, it starts to bug you and you can turn it off. But it lets you know, which is a good That's idea, good. you know? Because yeah, like with, the, with the buds like close into your ear, eardrums, there's no sort of space around them. Mm, so yeah. you're a little bit more yeah. susceptible, especially when peaks hit. If you're not using Normalize and you listen to a lot of music, use Normalize with earbuds, but go ahead and take it off when you've got the, you know, the, the spatial headphones around you Okay. Uh, that are really designed to, they can give you, you know, the power, but they'll help keep your ears healthy, which as musicians, it's too late for us, man. We're done. Uh, yeah. But for the rest of the, <laughs> but for the rest folk of the out there, that's a little tip for you. Cause that's, that's, you that's get, true. You know, 3d space. And I'm sure they're playing with you in virtual reality with that. You can hear things closer, further, left, right, behind, hear things that way. And yeah. um, and that can be terrifying. <laughs> oh, man. it's Just, It is next level. I mean, imagine going to a movie theater, being able to put on a nice set of headphones and have the soundtrack be as 4D as the visual. And like, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, but then there's also the nice, I'm like, that would be very immersive. You're right. But then I like what I like about the theater is that you're in a larger space that's still soundproof, but you have the speakers and you have you have space. You can feel yeah. that space, yet yeah. it's more than loud enough, you know? Oh, totally. And uh, yeah. Have you noticed, maybe it's just me, um, there's a trend in movie making to push the extreme. So uh, the new season of American Horror Story is out. Uh, no spoiler alerts here. But it is filmed in such contrast. So the dark scenes are very dark, almost to where you can't make out what's moving. Mm. And then there's like lighter scenes that contrast with that. But even they aren't filmed at full brightness. Like you and me talking now, they're still muted a bit. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that's going on in movies, uh, particularly, is that they are taking advantage of that amazing DBS that they've got, you know, the surround sound and all of that, mm -hmm. and overdriving the soundtrack. Man, it is so loud. Yeah. That I'm like thinking of bringing 
hearing protection when I go in. And then the dialogue is so soft. I know. And this yeah. contrast is probably doing something, you know, for us or the movie makers think it is. But I want to know if that's healthful because we shouldn't have to be straining to enjoy something, in my opinion. No. Even no, fear. It, you know, you can hit me with fear without pushing a limit. Look at him, look at what Hitchcock did, did with Wait Until oh, Dark. Yeah. It didn't take anything. There wasn't any crazy loud music. There wasn't any impossible to decipher dialogue. It was in fact there was no dialogue. You know? That makes me think of uh, paranormal activity where I'm yes. pretty sure there was no music. Uh and it's just sounds and it's just security camera footage. That's literally all it really is. But oh my God, it, the 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 white noise, just the room tone ambience that you know that you would normally yeah. hear in audio. They really play with that, and you are just on the edge of your seat. I was always so impressed with those films. They were the one of the lowest budget horror films of all time. I think it was about forty or fifty thousand dollars for them to wow. make the whole thing. And it grossed well over 30 million or more. And you're just like, wow, what a return on your investment. But but also how genius. You know, there's there's no major cast because it's just people living in a house, but shot on that security camera. So that's an easy, cheap camera. You don't need anything very expensive yeah, for yeah. that. And all they do is brilliantly draw out scenes where, you know, there's people being, you know, um, uh, possessed and and then having just things move around and all that fun stuff. But it's brilliant. And again, plays on your senses because of that uh, silence, almost the lack of music is what's right. eerie about it, right? right? There's just almost nothing other than the, and then those boom, 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 you know, the bang sounds or whatever happen in the action sequences. And so it's, it's brilliant. So once again, music, um, sometimes almost the lack of it can be used to, uh, to the advantage for fear as well. So I think what we're, we're saying here is like, get really close to your authentic fear. Not the fear that comes from being afraid of being afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a real thing. And not the crazy worry or anxiety that comes from the third level out of that, you know, being afraid of being afraid and, be, and obsessing over that. No, don't go there. Just play with the core stuff because that, that core emotion, like becoming familiar with that core emotion is, according to at least all the psychology I've had, a really good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, versus stuffing it or saying it doesn't exist or denying it completely and just going over the cliff without a parachute, like in real life versus metaphorically. Well, that's the thing, right? It's, it's, yeah, I, I like what you said there at the beginning, Bill, was make, make friends with your fear. And that's, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. It, it makes me think back again to his dark materials and the third one, uh, the amber spyglass and they're, they've, they've cut a hole into the world of the dead. So they've, transcended different dimensions and they found the world of the dead and they go down there and their characters end up meeting or one of the characters ends up meeting her death and yeah. she meets her death and he's this i guess the uh, so she's feminine so it's the masculine version and he's a shadow but it's but he and she's like oh how did you get here he's like i've always been with you i just you know, you, you're scared of me because you're scared of death. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, intrude and freak you out. So I've just been kind of, you know, minding my own business, but I've always been here. I'm like, I'll be with you forever and I'll happily take you on to the next part of your journey once your time comes. And nothing, there's nothing to fear. You know, they had a beautiful um, friend, almost like a friendship formed. And, you know, she knew that that's just, again, part of life and there's nothing to fear and then, you know, once you make friends with it, you're able to once again master that fear 
and then use it as a guide to know, oh, is this something that's pushing me out of my comfort zone? Okay, that's probably a good thing. Let's do it, you know? That whole, um, the, the idea of the shadow and owning your psychological shadows is like Jungian or something. It goes way back, yeah, but definitely. it's getting a lot of play right now because when we get squeezed as people, uh, we can either resist that or collapse under it or we can accept it. And often the acceptance results in a shadow journey or a heroic journey or what they call ego death. You know, all mm. of those terms are kind of synonymous, but it's a well-worn road. And you simply can't go there until you have some friendship with your fear. It's too scary otherwise. Yeah. I mean, knowing that you're going to literally or even metaphorically in some cases face your own death, it was literal for me, but it's metaphorical at other times. Mm -hmm. uh, you cannot release yourself from the grasp of your ego without encountering fear. That's a part of the process. Yeah. So holding yourself back from it means that you're never going to get to integrate. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, anybody who's had a bad psychedelic trip probably knows a lot more about this than me. You know, when, when you're in that place of just like utter terror, mm -hmm. uh, that's the place. Like that's where work happens. So true. And uh, it, if you have some friendship with that, like, you know, meeting your death, it's, it's almost um, the perfect way of saying it, you know, and you find out that it's your friend. That's, that's really powerful. That's yin yang, you know, it's the whole, it's, it's everything that they tell us about in, in the great, you know, myths and heroic journeys throughout time and even up to the present day, including the golden compass and Harry Potter and all of the rest, you know, <laughs> yeah. Star Wars, Lord mm -hmm. of the Rings. So uh, it, it, there's a theme here, people. <laughs> <laughs> life is um, a hero's journey. Life is one, a hero's journey. after another, after another. Or, you know, we now have to, now we have to come up with a term for um, a non-gender specific term for the hero's journey. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. You know, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. The trans community will tell us what we need to know. There we go. Perfect. And it's going to be a good one. I'm absolutely convinced. Absolutely. But that journey, like that journey uh, has to <laughs> come with fear. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, the more I become friends with my fear, the more it really becomes something where, you know, today I was feeling a fear I hadn't felt in quite a while and it made me happy. It actually got me excited. Nice. I was like, oh yeah, okay. You know what? I was getting a little complacent before. It was a little comfortable. And uh, now that I'm, you know, moving out and I have to, you know, I'm going to be finding new places to stay and all this kind of stuff. That feels right. But it, it freaking me out. And then I was, I was like, great, this is, this is good. And then excitement replaced the fear in a way. You know, what do they say? When you're nervous, it's 90% excitement, 10% fear. You know, you yeah. just, but, or depending of course on the, the severity of the nervousness, but it's, it's just, there's always a mixture of fear in there and uh, that's good. You know, that's healthy. And you know, the, the cool thing that you're saying, at, just as you're telling me this makes me think, oh my gosh, I know what that feels like. You know, I've had to move out of places sometimes under duress. I can relate <laughs> to <Yeah. laughs> this. And so one of the effects of fear used wisely is community. Mm. Because all of a sudden you realize that you have something in common and you're no longer alone. Yeah, You're not this cr crazy person going insane on their own. You're like, oh, wait, that's, wait. other people feel that too? Yeah, there are other crazy people going <laughs> oh, insane. I'm, okay, we're all going crazy. Join us. <laughs> we're all losing our goddamn minds. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we've all been through the pandemic, right? So there's yeah. a certain amount of... 
you can recognize fear in these large events, but when you recognize it on a more personal level, right, you're, all of a sudden you realize that your partner is afraid of something and you didn't realize that they were afraid and, and now you do. And it's like, that changes everything mm. because all of a sudden you can show up in a way that you weren't able to show up before. Yeah. You know, when you were either holding the fear away or unaware of it or couldn't feel it. And then that builds empathy and compassion and, and forgiveness. Just, you know, it's this wonderful spiral that leads to such good things versus the, the spiral of fear that kind of leads to, you know, isolation and everything we don't want. Yeah. No, it's a really good point. I, I actually hadn't thought of that. Brings a, it, it does. It, it also, I find, you know, when you're vulnerable and open with that fear, especially meeting strangers or something, you can, it, can, it can bond you very quickly, like that vulnerability. Yes. yes. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, me too, right? Like, whoa, you're just freaking out. Okay, good. I'm freaking out too. <laughs> yeah. And then you're immediately friends. It's like you can just feel that immediate bond. You know, there's first no day of boot pretending. camp, you know. Or oh, the, yeah. The, all these events, the first day of school, like college, yeah, first day of school. college first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, new job, which is kind of not the greatest environment because you're usually the only new one who's new there. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, you know, people can relate to that. And being honest about that is, um, for me anyway, it just works much better. Oh yeah. Like, you know, my name is Bill. I'm an alcoholic and I am scared. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, totally. What does that do? Um, and Stephen King, yes, thank you. We're listening to you right now. <laughs> thank you for all the frightening. Oh my God. How many? That guy's right? written a lot. Yeah. And, and a lot of beautiful stuff too, because one of the, what's the one about the teenage boys or pre-adolescent boys that, um, stand by me Stand by me yeah so that's about how to manage fear in a group and how that bonds you know how that brings people together and solves conflict and does a bunch of other things too but it's all fear-based mm. so uh, you want to read the master of fear Stephen oh, yeah. Stephen King, for sure right? did you write the shining too the oh shining? yeah he didn't yeah. wrote the shining we just finished listening to that and we're we're listening to dr sleep now which is sort of the follow-up from the shining oh okay where they follow the character that, that survived through the next part of his life uh, fascinating oh. books, fascinating books. Heavy duty. I mean, they take time. What's the recording? 36 hours worth of book. I mean, it's a long Wow. Book. Wow. Yeah, he uh, he just cranks them out, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> but, you know, thank God, because somebody's got to offer us a sort of vicarious experience here mm. so we can dip our toes in the pool without being threatened by it, like physically threatened. Mm -hmm. So uh, music, just one way, but lots of ways to become a friend to your fear. Uh, and to have quite a, an enjoyable time. Yeah, it's going to make you scared, but it's not going to you know, threaten your life or any of it. It's, you know, going no. in that it's, I hate to say just a movie or just a book or just a song, but that helps because you know it won't kill you. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but it's so funny how the, the fear can just be so real. I remember when I first ever sang karaoke when I was, I think, 10 or something, or something, nine or 10 years old. And it was at this festival, this fair at my school. And, uh, I was just, I was just so scared to sing in, in front of people, although I'd always enjoyed it. And I'd sung in some choirs previously. So there was that, but I could hide behind people. Here was the first time I'd be singing a song on my own in a microphone. Oh my God. Terrifying. I was terrifying. so scared. But then I did, and I sung "Born to Be Wild." Oh, <laughs> and, nice! And it was so much fun. Uh, the fear, the fear lasted about five to ten seconds, and then the joy of what I was doing just flooded in. I was like, "Oh my god, I love karaoke!" And then I just made a ham of myself and 
and to, and it was great. It was just so much fun. And so, you know, that was a great example of that fear being, uh, and it was intense, especially as a nine, you know, you you think the whole world's watching you and everyone's going to judge you. And it's like, dude, no one cares, but of course you don't know that. And uh, yeah, the joy that replaced that fear was a really interesting flip of the switch. It's kind of like uh, with skydiving, another really good example, the fear I felt when the doors opened to the airplane, the winds rushing in, the, the, the noise is deafening. And you look and you're like, oh, yeah, I am 10, 15,000 feet above the ground. You know, no big deal. Oh, and I'm going to jump out of this thing. Okay, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, all of my primal fears are going like 110%. And yet, you know, thank God I was doing it tandem. So I'm attached to another guy and he's like, okay, ready? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and, and he's like, all right, here we go. He's like, okay, one, we'll go, go on three, one, two. And then he jumps on two. Ah. And I'm like, that's, uh, and I, and I, I screamed almost like I could barely almost scream. Like the scream, it was, I was so scared. And it was like one second, two seconds. And then by like, even the third second, the fear was gone. And the sensation of uh, falling was magic. I felt like I was flying yeah. and it was one of the most amazing sensations I've ever felt in my life. And so that, that, complete juxtaposition that from one extreme to another fear deep fear, like extreme fear <laughs> and primal fear that's fear for your life like that was fear of death for sure yeah yeah for sure <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then it's replaced with uh, an ecstasy and joy i wow don't experience that too often well except that you can't you can just keep going skydiving skydiving yeah. just keep going skydiving or or whatever it is that gets you that close to your fear I mean, that's a pretty extreme example, but a lot of people who have never, who, who've been holding fear back all their lives might experience that on a very small kind of fear trigger, like the tiniest little fear trigger you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Now people, anybody out there is afraid of spiders, you know? Mm. There, there's some of that that's built in, but just nudging your fear enough that you can go through it and find the, the joy on the other side or the ecstasy on the other side, you don't have to go into public speaking or skydiving <laughs> to get there <laughs> unless you're ready for that. Mm. I mean, and you are ready. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you just got to tap in. That's, and that's going back to just under, you know, knowing who you are and just listening to yourself. Like how, what am I actually feeling? Like, do I want to, you know, like it's like with anything in life, you got to listen to yourself rather than the external world that's telling you, you should do this or think that or, you know, forget yeah. all that. Yep. What, what, what are you feeling? What are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, I'm a big be, fan now, of heuristic yeah. learning and there you go. Yeah, exactly. You know, jump out of a plane. <laughs> with I, a parachute. With a parachute. Oh yeah. With a parachute. <laughs> and theoretically, if you're doing it for the first time in tandem. Yes. You know, yeah. Cause that takes a lot of the technical anxiety out of it. Oh, I, I understand. I recommend. Done it. <laughs> yeah, no tandem, tandem all the way. I think at least in Canada here, uh, it was, it's mandatory. I, if it was my first time, they wouldn't let me do it anyway, which Thank God. That's yeah. Smart. Well, I, I, you can you take classes, weeks of classes and whatever and work up to it. You have to do hundreds of jumps before you can do it on your own, apparently, yeah. if not yeah. thousands. So good. I think that's smart. It's smart. It's smart. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for it after doing it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that was terrifying. If only they made like TED speakers do hundreds of speeches before they appeared on TED for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And 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 I'm this is a lead up. So what I'm thinking is as you're out there and you're watching movies, listening to music, whatever, seeing people talk on TED, ask yourself how close to their fear you think they are. Mm. Because the closer to their fear they are, the more authentic they're going to be in that presence. And you can tell, you can actually see that, you know. You know if somebody's out there just doing the wind-up doll, you know, hitting my 10 yeah. points, doing my five yeah. slides. 
versus somebody who's really adventuring into into the potential for novelty, for excitement, for pushing themselves to the limit where they haven't gone before. And uh, this is very difficult with Ted, fair warning, because everybody who's on there has rehearsed. Yeah. And you're, what you're looking for is a speaker who can come from like right from the heart the first time. Uh, Tony Robbins is a dead giveaway. Well, he's not mm -hmm. dead, but he's a giveaway <laughs> on this because he does that so well, right? And there are others, but uh, see if you can find out there and in the odd chance that you have a, a moment to ask them, maybe it's your minister or somebody, that, or a teacher, somebody that you know well enough, to, you have an odd chance to ask them what it's like to be who they are and to, to stand up and do this thing that they do. Uh, that, it seems to me, like a fascinating conversation. I've had a few of those in my life with people that I respect and got close enough to know. Mm. And, and to really find out, you know, like, how much, how much of that is fear? You know, and what is it like to, to walk into the unknown that way with complete surrender to whatever is going to happen? Yeah, that's that's the way I'm trying to live right now. <laughs> right? Yes. It really feels exactly. like that. Man, that that's, is the dude, way to that live. Is, that's the point. Because you got to do it all. You can't just do the part that feels good. No. No, I'm, if I'm learning anything this last year, especially, it's uh, a lot of the, what we would call bad feelings, the negative feelings. Yeah, the neg which, negative emotions. You know, I, I just don't call them that anymore. I really, uh, I can't, I can't categorize emotion this way anymore, where one's, one's a good one and one's a bad one, because of how much you gain from the quote unquote negative ones. The the positive ones, that's easy. We, we understand joy, you know, whatever. <laughs> Happiness, you know, that's, that's yeah, e those even, are easier to understand. With joy, we can cry. You know, like, oh yeah. Yeah. You right? can feel many, many things from joy. Absolutely. Yeah. I think with fear, the last kind of thought I have on this today, I would say is I, um, I think you, when you brought up it previously, it reminded me of that. There's also the fear of when you feel that element of fear versus when you're just a robot on stage regurgitating a script. Yeah. Yeah. That, that fear is because you care. And then that's what people also feel when you're vulnerable with that fear is that you care and they're like, Oh good. They're, they, give a crap that, yeah. <laughs> that they're here presenting. So I will listen to them or whether it's a performance or, uh, or whatever, uh, you know, any kind of, uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be music. We get that somehow. We, we can somehow relate yeah. to that moment versus the rest of the time where it seems like the fourth wall is, is never going to crack. Yeah. And you're like, okay, get, cool. You're here and it's well rehearsed, but I'm like, you're not really here with me. Yeah. You know, we're not connecting. Yeah. I don't feel like we're, yeah, you know, versus when people are vulnerable and then they let that let that fear just, you know, they master it, but they let it uh, allow them to show that they care. You know, like, look, I, I'm a little nervous because I really want this to go well. And I've done so much to bring this knowledge to you today and whatever the situation is. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a nice once again, brings people to community and connection. And that's great. You know. Yeah. And it, and it really does. I mean, you can tell in the room, you can tell around you whether it's working, mm -hmm. you know, whether whether the the unspoken, unheard, unseen message has gotten through somehow. Mm -hmm. And I know it's probably something that you see in here and in some other way, we get it. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the juice. That's the juice. Whether it's a scary movie or uh, something, you have a chance to sit, you know, in a private audience with the Dalai Lama or something, I don't know. It's, it's a great measuring rod. Mm -hmm. To, for yourself to know if you're in the presence of something that's authentic, you know, or, or not. Um, it even works on recordings, which is why we feel how we do when we mm -hmm. listen to music, right? 
Mm -hmm. something got through. Oh yeah. It's great to have that in the recording process as a musician. It's fun to have that fear in the recording. And I do, I do every time, you know, the engineer or if I'm recording on my own or whatever, it's, it's more, of course, if I'm working with other people, which is sometimes one of the benefits of bringing in other people when you got the budget to have your engineer and all producer, if that and whatnot. Um, because yeah, again, it goes back to caring. It really brings your A game. It really makes sure uh, that yeah, you're 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 doing the best that you possibly can. And then when the listener's listening to that on the other end, there's that energy. That energy is in there. Versus again, if you're just kind of phoning it in and yeah, you know, it's very nonchalant and not there's not as much passion or once again fear in there of of wanting to bring your best and, and caring. Then you know that's felt as well. So it's true. You know, it gets through to the end product. It's it has to. Otherwise, it's you know why bother. Yeah, also, yeah, why bother? Right? <laughs> you know, well, like I got this. And, okay, studio musicians, we love you. And the reason that you're so good is not that you can just play the notes right without practicing. It's that you can play the notes with all of the emotional content intact yes. without practicing. That's what makes a, a human so much more important than a computer. And that's a whole different podcast topic. <laughs> but, <Yes. laughs> but that's what we're going for here. We're going for the real thing, you know? And, and as close to the real thing as we can get, that's fine too. But you know, don't bug me, player piano. As much as I respect the mechanical ability to play for, for this piano to play ragtime better than yeah. I can, uh, you know, it, it doesn't work until I can connect it to something human. I can yeah. remember that it was George Gershwin recording both sides of that piano roll. That works for me, right? Wow. Okay. How do we get into artificial intelligence and all that? <laughs> what we want to do is wrap this thing up. Do well, you that's what do happens a, on a podcast. That's what happens on a podcast. Yeah. That, that's why people listen because it could, could go anywhere. Exactly. Do you want to do like a musical meditation at the end or? Why not? Okay. So everyone can just close their eyes. Start to slowly breathe in through your nose. And out through your mouth. Again, in through your nose. Out through your mouth. Last one in through your nose. And out through your mouth. Or you can just continue to breathe slowly at your own pace through your nose or through your mouth, whichever you prefer. Just let your breath fall into a relaxing rhythm. And just focus on the in and the out. The in and the out. With an intention Become friends with your fear. Building a bond, connection. Built on love. Breathing in.
remember your fear is your friend and your guide. become friends with your fear have a sense of where you are pushing your boundaries in a healthy way it helps you grow helps you become more of who you are. Big breath in. Out through the mouth. Two more. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. Last one. In through the nose. out to the mouth. Ah. And bring yourself back to your body. Feel your hands, your feet, your head, your, your toes, your whole body. Give yourself some love. Thanks for listening to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness. Happy October 31st. Happy Halloween. Much love, everyone. for listening in on our conversation and for taking time to show your appreciation with a like, share, or subscribe. Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness is a practice of spontaneity, and we welcome your comments, ideas, and questions. There are ways to connect with us in the show notes, so let us hear from you. Until next time, this is Bill Protzman along with Chris Noble wishing you great musical health. Samara Huchaya.